Derek Shapiro, writer, director, executive producer of New England Part 2, coming out Friday, July 21st at midnight, movieantennachannel.yolosa.com, starring myself, Derek Shapiro, and my son, River. So, take a picture. You're in Massachusetts, Riv. Massachusetts. Yes. And, and then, cool. of course, Connecticut. Oh, stay over here, Riv. I'm going to take a picture from the New England Magazine. Also, starring Evans A. Darylis and Dylan Schneider. Hey, here's Chad right now. Hey, Chad! <laughs> What's going on? Scott right. here. Can we do that? Yeah. Scott and Marty, like Back to the Future. What's your, this your new girl? Yeah, that's my new girl. What's your name? My name's Linda. Also starring Vinny the Booch Bucci and Serenity Rose. All right, let me call my boss, Robbie. Robbie! How you doing, Scott? Great. Back uh, from just uh, doing some more photo things. But, uh, you know, I, I sent you the footage of uh, all, the, all, all the photos in New England, you know? Yeah, I caught them. Uh, I believe it was uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut, uh, Maine. You were mostly doing the tri-state marker, which I thought was um, very impressive. So we have more to go. Are you behaving? Yes, Mom. No, not you, him. Oh, never, never. You always behave. He always behaves. He's the adult. You're the child. I know. Well, hey, it's good to see you. And uh, we're going to be uh, coming back soon tonight and more New England uh, traveling, okay? Nice to see you, Isabel. You too. Also, guest starring the Naked Cowboy via phone and guest starring singer, songwriter from the 70s, Andy Pratt. How are you, the Naked Cowboy? Wonderful. How are you? Great. This is Scott and that's why I'll let you know I'm going to send you my magazine, my New England magazine, because even though you're in New York, I did a great job and, and, and took a pictures of all of New England. Okay. You know, Andy, I can't wait to travel all around New England. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. New like Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, Connecticut, you know, Rhode right. Island. Where do you live? Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Check out my song. Weekend in New England by Barry Manilow. When will this strong yearning end? And when will I hold you again? New England Part 2, coming out Friday, July 21st at midnight on movieinternetchannel.illwillsay.com. Lutes. Files. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel the sweet spark of connection. If you don't screw up this moment somehow, maybe you won't die alone. Don't be too needy or bring up your ex. Don't say the words, her peace simplex. Don't ever mention you've never had sex. Trust me, I promise she knows. 
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke, soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude, to do that? Yes, it's me, the broke, soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Gene speaking, I'm not that broke. Hopefully, I can take care of that here soon. Tonight's card, I'm actually Okay, and boy, we got two really big shockers here, but we'll get to that, mo- uh, get to those here in a moment. All right, there, Mr. Bindi Bucci, take it away, sir. Yes, and uh, of course, we kick off this uh, week's NXT right here. Uh, we have an opening segment, which is, of course, the NXT champion Carmelo Hayes along with Trick Williams. Williams says, A few weeks till the Great American Bash, so they want to get right to it. Williams introduces Hayes. Hayes says he wants to do the whole I am thing, but last week that wasn't the case. Williams reminds Hayes that the Judgment Day cheated a win last week. Hayes says they were this close to defeating the most dominant team in WWE, the Judgment Day. But the new number one contender stuck his nose in their business. Ilya Dragunov's ears must be ringing because he interrupt right on cue. Dragunov says he's looking forward to facing Hayes at the bash, but he witnessed Hayes lose control last week. Hayes says he knows what Dragunov is capable of. Dragunov says the thing that makes him different is when he steps to the ring, he makes people feel something at the Great American Bash. He will make Hayes feel defeat. Hayes tells Dragunov that he feels the weight of being the champion. He feels everything. No one is more qualified to face him at the Great American Bash than Dragunov. He is Mr. PLE and he hits different. He plans on having a long title reign. Dragunov retorts that Hayes is going to have to hit harder than he ever has. At the Great American Bash, Hayes is going to face the most intense man in WWE. Hayes says he's going to blow Dragunov's fire out. For one of them, it's going to be champagne and for the other, just pain. Hayes raises the title in Dragunov's face. Question, what does Mr. PLE mean? Premium live event. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But both of these guys are main event players. But anyways, when it comes to this opening uh, segment right here, they are, uh, Trick Williams and Carmelo has, all right, the Judgment Day did cheat. But Trick Williams made a very not-so-right thing to say that the, uh, that the Judgment Day is the most dominant, ta- uh, dominant team faction in the WWE, which Vinny was like, no, that's not right at all. Now, is it, Vinny? No, that is, that is not the case. That's not the case right but these two like right here was fine it's like yeah we cheated but then um as soon as they start talking about dragging off dragging off must feel his ears burning because you know when people talk crap about you or anything your ears start to burn yeah but this right here then uh dragging off came out here so it's like look you beat everybody but you never face anybody like me i am the toughest i'm the craziest and i'm the meanest in the ring courtesy because his facial expressions well why is it not this was a great opening segment right here both these guys are really superb and i am very um interested to see what's going to happen to gra- uh 
at the Great American Bash between Dragunov and him, Carmelo Hayes. Any? Yeah, because obviously, as we mentioned before, the Judgment Day, no. They are not the most dominant faction in WWE. I know they want to be, but they have not been booked that way for a very long time. They have moments where they have like victories and they do really well, but this is a faction that has more losses than wins under their belt. This is not a faction that has been pushed very well. In fact, ever since Edge has left the Judgment Day or got kicked out of the Judgment Day, I would say the Judgment Day has gotten worse since then. Finn Balor has not been a great leader. Uh, Damian Priest, yeah, he has the Money in the Bank briefcase, but he took one of the worst losses you could ever take before getting the briefcase, so this is just booking logic gone down the fucking shitter. Um, Dominic is the only one benefiting in this whole entire group, aside from Rhea Ripley, who is the Women's World Champion, so she did beat Charlotte Flair. So really, Rhea and Dominic are the focal points of the Judgment Day. It's really them, because Dominic's the one that gets the nuclear heat. The other three don't get the nuclear heat at all. They don't. Most people don't want to boo Rhea Ripley because they love her too much. She's only getting booed because she is with Dominic, and they're making it seem like it's obvious they're in a kayfabe relationship, because obviously they're not dating in real life, because in real life, uh, Rhea Ripley's with Buddy Matthews. But despite the fact they're not in a real relationship, the relationship looks real on camera, and Rhea's very good at it. So they're the focal point of this faction. So they're not the most dominant faction in WWE, but they're trying to make it seem that way to make us feel less upset about Carmelo and Trick's loss. And obviously Dragunov came out, didn't make a whole lot of sense in the beginning, but I will say I loved his promo. Yes. When it got to the point about, I make the people feel something. And here's the thing, he's absolutely right. And this is the thing about modern day wrestling. It is a very small list of people that actually can do that in wrestling today. Make the people feel something. Because most of the time in order to do that, they have to do a bunch of stupid bullshit in the ring. But Dragunov, when he's in that ring, he has his moments where he does some moves that are spot monkey-ish. He has his moments, but the emotion that he carries, the intensity that he brings, when he kicks out of moves and shows his toughness, you believe it. That's the gift of Dragunov, is he makes you believe in the character. And that's why I'm a fan of Dragunov, because he makes me believe in what I'm seeing. And I like the fact that the intensity that he brought forced Carmelo to bring his intensity up. Because you notice, as they started getting more serious, Trick Williams started backing up a little bit more. He was kind of going to the corner. Why? Because Trick Williams, with all due respect to Trick, Trick is too much comedy and not enough serious. So to me, Trick Williams would have killed this entire segment if he was allowed to talk even once. Because he's trying to be the smooth, slick talker. Which in some cases is good. But when you're trying to have a serious moment like that, you need to be serious. This was something Carmelo needed to do, okay? Get rid of the mellow shoots, he don't miss, I am him, that's all it is, that's all it's ever gonna be. Yeah, those are clever lines to put on a fucking t-shirt. But for this promo, Hayes needed to show that yeah, I do feel, I do feel the weight, I do feel the pressure, I do feel the critics, but I am Mr. PLE, and I hit different. That was what needed to be done. Carmelo Hayes didn't necessarily need to fire up, but he needed to take this match seriously. You need to sell the people that at the Great American Bash were going to see a fight. We're going to see two people that want to hurt each other for no other reason other than they want to be the NXT champion. This promo was perfect for selling the pay-per-view. Everybody in that NXT locker room needs to take notes on this. All of them. And hell, I would say this. If you're on the indies and you watch this NXT and you watch the NXT, take notes. If you didn't watch it, go on YouTube, find this clip of this and take notes. This is how you draw 
of money. And that's why this needs to feel different because this is a premium live event. And even though pay-per-view doesn't exist anymore, that's why they're calling it premium live event. Here are the facts. You still got to sell it like it's a pay-per-view. You got to give people a reason to go on Peacock instead of Netflix, instead of Hulu, instead of HBO Max, instead of Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, whatever the fuck they want to do. Because don't think just because people pay $4.99 a month for Peacock that you automatically sell this pay-per-view. You don't. Or premium live event, as they want to call it. You don't. There are other streaming sites, and people still have options. So give them a reason on July 30th at 8 p.m. to go on their Peacock account and not to Netflix, not to Hulu, not to HBO Max, not to Paramount Plus, not Disney Plus. And I'm sure there's other streaming ones I can't forget. Amazon Prime. Get away from those and come to the Peacock for one night to watch the Great American Bash because you're going to see a fight. That's why I love this. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with Mustafa Ali. Mustafa tells Wesley he made a mistake taking this match with Dominic ahead of the Great American Bash. Lee asks Ali if he doesn't think he can get past Dominic. Ali says they call him Dirty Dom for a reason. Lee says he'll see Ali at the PLE. Man, this is the reason why. One, I'm sick and tired of Wesley having that title, but with uh, Mustafa Ali, I didn't like his his look tonight. He kind of looked like something that you would see in a just no. But Mustafa Ali did make a very good point. They don't call Dom Mysterio Dirty dirty, uh, Dom for no reason at all. So with that being said, I thought this was stupid. This was pointless. And and this is um, is time that I'm never going to get back in my sad, pathetic, little miserable life. But no, I thought this was stupid as shit. Well, the whole purpose of this segment was basically to plant the seeds of doubt that Wesley could retain the title. Because everyone's going into this thinking that Wesley's going to retain. Because you got to understand that you're dealing with, for the most part, a smart mark crowd. The people who follow NXT, the people who follow AEW religiously, they're mostly smart marks. There's not a lot of casual fans watching either one of these shows. The casual fans are watching WWE. They're watching Raw, they're watching SmackDown, and the pay-per-views there. So, with moments like these, you have to create doubt. So, people don't just walk in here thinking that Wesley's gonna go past Dominic, and him and Mustafa Ali are gonna have their match at the Great American Bash for the North American title. So, they have to create some kind of doubt, because everyone's going into this thinking Wesley's gonna retain. And, obviously, Wes doesn't like the idea of someone thinking he can't beat somebody, but Ali's trying to explain to him, yeah, they call him Dirty Dom, dude. I'm not saying you can't beat Dominic Mysterio. I'm sure you could, but he has the Judgment Day with him, and they do not play fair. So you're taking a risk because you're putting yourself in a four-on-one disadvantage. That's the risk you take when you roll the dice like that. It's like Stax last week when he took on Gallus. Yeah, Stax won the match, but he was going in at a three-on-one disadvantage. Things could have ended very badly for him, but he was willing to take that risk, and it paid off. And speaking of that risk paying off, we cut to uh, the clip of the jail cell where we see the Don getting out of the orange jumpsuit. Uh, he goes to the lady at the desk, gives him all his belongings, he puts his suit back on, puts on the pinky ring, gets his Rolex watch, his money clip with the good with the cash in it, and then he comes walking out, Stax is there to greet him, gives him the hug, the Don is back, they get in the car, and they start heading over to the building for what will later be the homecoming. I know exactly how the Don feels getting out, but fortunately I didn't have a nice suit, I didn't have a Rolex, I didn't have a pinky ring, I didn't have any cash, but this right here proves 
news of the world like I know he's out I'm a free man and after all the crazy stuff right here if I was stacks I was there with stacks I was like here you go here's a gift card to the Olive Garden glad that you're out of the pen there Don but otherwise I thought this was actually fantastic and we're eager to see what his homecoming is going to be like later tonight take it away Vinny it was a great segment right there you know uh, I like seeing the Don finally get out it's about fucking time you know he did two months you know that's some hard you know that's a that's a quite a while to be in there 60 days is a long time but he was finally able to get out and now he's able to come back and I love the fact that he's back because I I miss seeing the Don on TV he, he's one of my favorites and it's not just because he's Italian that's part of it but the main reason is because I love the Italian gimmick I love the mafia gimmick I love the way he carries himself in a ring he was a great fucking heel and he's transitioning into an even better baby face like the Don is great I feel like this is a guy I'm a little upset they're going for the tag belts but I don't mind seeing him with the tag titles for a while and then eventually making his way up to the NXT championship I would make Tony D an NXT champion this is a guy who can play heel and he can play babyface very well I could see him as a dominant champion I'm seeing it it's a vision I got you see it I see it can you predict the future pretty damn well I mean I've I've, I've done I'm a a 12 time prediction champion for a reason (laughs) I mean and and at SummerSlam I'm getting the title back I'm getting both them titles back I'm gonna be the king in gold again I guarantee it but okay overall I'm excited for this segment and let me fucking say that I am so happy to finally be out of fucking jail. You can't even understand how happy I am to finally get out. Look, two months I spent in that fucking cell. Two months of my life in that fucking cell. Wondering what was going to happen. Wondering if I was ever going to breathe the fresh air again. And sure enough, the dawn is back. The dawn is out. And I'm getting back to fucking business. <laughs> Hey, uh, so, uh, Cherry Top, did you miss me there, buddy? I didn't miss you at all. Hold up for one motherfucking second. You had to do two months. I did three. No, fuck you. I did over a year. So, go go off and go drink, go eat your freaking pasta with your garlic bread and your pizza. Yes, with fucking pineapple on on, on top of it as well. Here, here's the $30 gift card to, to the Olive Garden. I hope you enjoy it very, very, very fucking well. Boo-hoo, you had to do two months. I did a year, so fuck you. Okay, well, somebody's still got some PTSD from the prison over here, I see. Don't get mad at me just because you didn't have a good fucking lawyer over there, Cherry Top. All right, look, just because you were in there long enough to get to be somebody's boyfriend, don't get fucking mad at me. Oh, that's all you. I'm saying. That never happened. Oh, uh, that's really? That's not what Benny told me. Well, Benny's lying. Really? Also got Benny told Benny. me. No, no, Benny, no. T- Benny told me you was advertising all. All over the place, man. Yeah. Apparently, when you were sagging, you had them four-leaf clover underpants on, apparently. I think it's because you were looking for good luck that nothing would go up your ass. Well, apparently, apparently it didn't work. Because... <laughs> Apparently, there's a lot of room in that ass, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's just say when he finally goes to get that prostate exam, the doctor ain't gonna need that KY jelly. It's loose enough. <laughs> Moving on. By the way, Benny says he misses you. But anyway, I'm back ah. to what I'm saying. 
Now, as far as the the gift card to the Olive Garden, I don't eat a I don't eat at the fucking Olive Garden. You see, I'm the Don. I eat at sophisticated places. Okay, I ain't going to the fucking Olive Garden. And also, don't hate on me because I had pasta in the set in the pen while you were sitting there eating the stale bread and the fucking water and all that other sloppy shit that they make because they don't give a damn about feeding prisoners. I ate like a king because I am a fucking king. You understand? Don't mad at me because you was a lowly piss boy. I was not a lowly piss boy. Yeah, really? That's not what Benny said. Well, that's what Benny's wrong. Yeah. You actually really believe that line, sack of shit? Really? Well, I don't know. Benny hasn't lied to me yet. I'm just saying, he hasn't lied to me yet. But I'm telling you, apparently, apparently you were softer than silk. <laughs> apparently was what I fucking heard. Now, but I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> so Sure you don't. Of course not. I love Cherry Top. I like to piss him off. It's fucking great. And I like to piss off you. Yeah. Oh, I guess we're best friends now. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, neither would I. See, I, I would. I, the reason I can't call you oh, my best uh, friend uh, was because every time, every time oh. I called from prison, you would fucking not. You would just make fun of me. You never sent me a fucking card. You never sent me any get well wishes. You didn't hope I would get out. You wanted me to just fucking Here's sit there. Get well wow. wishes right here. A middle finger for my left fucking hand, asshole. Well, thanks for pointing it out. I think Do you forgot that I'm not in the fucking maybe, studio. Maybe, maybe I'll show a, a teeny tiny insensitivity for your ass, but not today. Nope, 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 nope. Do a fucking year like I did. Not too much. So let's please, let's move on to the next thing here, and you could do a favor and shut the fuck up. Yeah, you can do a favor and give Benny a call. Anyway. All right. Oh, okay. All right. No problem. All right, look. Can you two shut the fuck up? He starts it. I don't give a shit. Tell your sister I said hi. I don't have a fucking sister, man. No, I'm talking about, talking about the Don's sister. She likes me, and she said that I was magically fucking delicious. Yeah? Well, you can tell your sister hello in nine months. Tell your mom I'll be home for dinner. Why? Alright, now on that note, we're gonna move on to the next uh, segment here. Finally, after I shut these two up, uh, we got, and we see Baron Corbin, who's still trying to figure out who he is. He's going on this self-discovery journey, and we saw last week he pulled up to this area with a bunch of tiki torches and a guy in a hoodie, and he's talking about how he burned the past, and he's going to be himself, and then the guy with the hoodie comes off, turns around, and it's Baron Corbin, and then they have this face-off where he's staring at a guy that looks like Baron Corbin, the only difference is Baron Corbin's really skinny and this guy has a very fat face like you know it's funny people say I look like Uncle Fester this guy actually looks like Uncle fucking Fester in this outfit it's kind of fucking funny here I find that ironic but either way uh, I don't know what, what do you think they're gonna do with Baron Corbin I have no clue maybe he needs to go off and I don't know hit the gym lose the gut and come back a brand new person I like his I like the way he's going back sort of to the old Baron Corbin so we'll see what happens here all he has to do is go find himself, lay off the cheeseburgers. That's all I ask. Uh, you do realize that the fat person being Baron Corbin is not the real Baron Corbin. I understand that. The skinny guy on the right, so he don't need to lose weight. Okay, then the skinny guy needs to eat some more steaks and gain some more muscle. I don't know. Yeah, that, that'd be a better assessment. Like, no, I'm just saying this is clearly another person in a Baron Corbin outfit, but he looks too fucking fat 
to be the real Baron Corbin. You know, it's it's like it's like they're trying to do a face-off thing with like a look-alike. You know, that that's the point I'm trying to make is they did not do a good job of hiring a Baron Corbin look-alike. No, they didn't. You know, so he's now, also slightly taller than him too. Do you notice that? As yeah, well? this is not a good. This was not a good side-by-side look right here. This doesn't look. Nope. Yeah, y'all y'all dropped the ball on this segment, but Boing. at least with Baron Corbin, he's trying to get back to something where he wants to be taken seriously as a champion. And I think, as I said before, this is a great rebirth for Baron Corbin. This is an opportunity for Baron Corbin to finally get his shit together and get back to being who he should have been back when he was the lone wolf. The dominant badass that he was. With his hair. Not, yeah. Now obviously, the, hair. well the hair is not coming back. That's a given. Okay? That's that's nature. That's father time. That's, you know, we that, that just happens. Trust me. I know. Um, I, like, His hair's never coming back. My hair's never coming back. That's just the way it is. Like, the, it's life. But he still has the ability to be a great athlete and draw money. That's Baron Corbin's biggest problem is the way he's been booked and the way he's been carrying himself he has not been a money draw in a long time it's time for Baron Corbin to get back to being the money drawing champion it's time for him to be a guy that when he goes back to the main roster he could be a credible champion hell if Jey Uso hadn't pinned Roman Reigns at the money in the bank I would love to see them build up Baron Corbin to be a credible badass again and have him beat Roman because prior to Jey Uso he was the last guy to pin Roman Reigns that is very true I don't even know why they brought that up and they did nothing with it. To me, that would be perfect. All you gotta do is give Baron some time, and he could have been the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. I'd rather see that than Jey Uso take the title. I agree with you. But either way, we'll see. Can't do anything about it. Eh, we're not in the booking committee. I I keep going to the meetings, but they keep kicking me out of the room. They don't... I wonder why. They don't want logic in their storylines. That's why. But anyway, we're gonna move on here to our first official match of the evening. After all this shit, we finally get some wrestling on this show. Um, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza versus... Nathan Fraser and Dragon Lee. Meh. 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 I mean, no. I mean, Alberto Carella and Angel Garza came out there. But what's funny as hell, when Nathan Fraser and Dragon Lee was coming out there, those two guys attacked, and it took a really, really, really too long of a time for Dragon Lee to take his jacket off and keep on stuck, stuck on his wrist. <laughs> but this right here was born as shit. This is what we like to call on the Boochcast the shitty. But for some strangest reason, Last Legend picked up normal Dar, who's like really shocked that he lost that stupid ass cup, cup and throw him to the ring. And, and Vinny and I were like, what the fuck is this shit right here? But for some strange ass uh, but it didn't work and the winners are Nathan Fraser and Dragon Lee and after that Garzella, uh, Garzella yelled at his partner, they push each other and then we're going to see a broken up tag team that we do not give two shits about. Vinny, take it away. Yeah, this match was like we said before, was a spot fest. A glorified spot fest. Um, I do like the idea of Angel Garza and Humberto being a tag team because as single stars they're not going anywhere let's be honest that's why I'm I, that's why I'm hoping that this is just a, a mild bump in the road and they're not going to break this team up because as singles competitors they're not good they're not not on the main roster not on NXT they're better off as a tag team because they can't get over as singles guys they tried it didn't work now Nathan Fraser and Dragon Lee they're kind of the same way because again he has that heritage cup that no one gives a shit about it serves no purpose in NXT no whatsoever. Except to give us a, a match with stipulations that are different from the rest of the show. That's pretty much it. Like, I would rather see Nathan Fraser only come out to defend that cup and have those matches. I'd be a lot more interested. But doing all this other shit is unnecessary. Uh, Dragon Lee, again, he's another one of those guys that's just the, the spot monkey guys. So they do, basically, if you love if you love high spots with no reason or rhyme, or as I like to call it, Mary Poppins bullshit, um, go ahead. And by all means, watch it. That's Enjoy this, because it never needs 
needs a reason, never needs a rhyme. So, <laughs> fucking enjoy it. Step in time. So, um, okay, okay. So we get through this bullshit. Uh huh. We see the Twitter page, the NXT Anonymous, who's still we out. Don't know who it is. Still out here videotaping shit. Yep. And apparently, he sees a little conversation between Roxanne Perez and her mentor Booker T, who basically explains to her that Blair Davenport is cold and vicious and that Roxanne's gonna need to bring it. She can't keep thinking about shit that happened last week. You gotta focus on the now and you gotta understand if you give her an inch, she'll take a mile. If you give her a chance, she'll take you out. So you gotta bring the noise. You gotta bring the fight. And you see Roxanne nodding her head, nodding her head. He's like, you understand? Yes, I do. I don't know, Zach. How'd you feel about this conversation? I really do not care, but Booker T has a point. It's like, Blab Davenport is cold and calculating. Uh, Roxanne Trent needs to stop being the little nice girl and become a bitch and whoop Blair Davenport's ass even though I do not get two shits about this whatsoever. Quickly quick. Quack. Quack. Okay, before I say anything else, Zach, do me a favor. Don't ever do that again. Do what? That quack, quack, don't do it again. Okay? You're not Booker T. This isn't the Mighty Ducks. It don't work. Okay? Fine. Take the fun of everything. No, it's a, it's a stupid thing. I hate this quack, quack crap. That you, I don't <laughs> like it when Booker T does it. I only The only time you should be quacking is if you're making another Mighty Ducks movie or TV show. Then you can do all the quacking that you want to do. Okay, quack, quack, quack. We're not, we're not doing this. Okay? Quack, quack, quack. <laughs> really? Really? You're just going to quack the rest of the guy? Goddamn show. Maybe quack. Do you want Tony D to help you co-host this thing? No, I do not. Then let's stop the quacking. So okay, anyway. Quack, quack, quack. Zach, I swear to God, I'm going to stab you. Okay, no more quack. You will fucking kill this motherfucker. <laughs> you got time for this shit. You want to You want to be here till 3 o'clock in the morning? No, 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 no. Then no, stop. No. Okay, All right. No problem. One more quack and you're done. So we're done? We're done. We're done. We're done. Thank you. No so, problem. That being said, obviously this is Booker T trying to light a fire under Roxanne Perez's ass. And I get why. But here's the thing. I'm not sold on Roxanne Perez. You haven't been. Have. No, I haven't been. And I want to explain why, but I'm going to do that a little later because there's a segment that comes up that accurately explains why I'm not sold on Roxanne Perez, but I'm sorry. I'm not a fan. I don't buy her as a champion. I don't buy her as a competitor. I don't buy her as a badass. Nothing she does in a ring to me is believable at all. None whatsoever. So I felt this was a waste of time in that regard. But on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We've got Gigi Dolan one-on-one against Keanu. James. I thought this was actually a fantastic uh, one of the matches that I actually did enjoy tonight, but we'll get to that later. These two finally beat the living shit out of each other. I mean, Gigi Dolan's got a moves in. Keanu James the reason, uh, got a lot of moves in. The reason why I liked it so much was because when the ladies were arguing over that purse that uh, Keanu James brought out, they were arguing over it. The ref took it away. The Gigi Joe tried to take it back. No, I'm going to hit it with it. And the ref's back of his side. If you do, I'm going to have to disqualify you. And then Keanu James hit the 4-1 okay. 1-2 Two, three, which we were like, what the fuck? But a win's a win. What do you mean, we? I enjoyed it. No, I mean, like, you were like, we were shocked. I wasn't shocked. I was shocked at how she won. <laughs> no, it was, it made perfect sense. And it was great because it's a great way for Kiana James to hit her finish. It's a great way to pin Gigi without having to use the weapon and no one gets disqualified. Because technically, she didn't use the weapons. Gigi just happened to land on it. But Gigi can still use that as an excuse to get one more match out of Kiana. And I believe this is the second time Kiana James has won, if I'm not mistaken. Or did Gigi win the first one? No, I think Gigi won the first one. Kiana tapped her afterwards. The most likely we'll see these two go at each other at, at uh, 
Great American Bash. Bash. And Bash. It does not need to be a normal match. It needs to be. They need to upgrade it. Whatever they do, do not do a ladder match. I don't see a reason why they would do a ladder match. There's no. There's no reason for it. In order to have a ladder match, you have to have something hanging above the ring. They're not gonna hang the purse above the ring. That's not because nobody has a reason to win that fucking thing. No Holmes Bar. Probably that would be it. Or steel Street cage. Fight. Street Maybe. Fight. I don't think. I don't think a steel cage is needed. Okay. I don't know. And between uh, those two, not really. The rivalry is good, but it's not. It it's. Hasn't... It's not a cage worthy match. Maybe right. a street fight, maybe yeah. could probably be good. That way she can use the purse and there's a you know weaponry and stuff like that. So I could see that being something that could be used. But either way, this was a well done match. It was mostly it was. because Gigi and Kiana are very good in the ring. Oh yeah, they have great chemistry in the ring. Great not, not only great chemistry, but both of them know how to work. Yes, they do. These are the, this is an example of women's wrestling to me done right. This is how you can have great women's wrestling. You know, yep. this is a match even Gator would be proud of. I honestly can say. And that's saying something. It is saying something. That's like saying a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot for Gator to be impressed with women's wrestling because in general, he hates it. Oh, I know. And I'll be honest, I'm not always the biggest women's wrestling fan either, but I don't hate it to the level that Gator does because I believe there's a place for women's wrestling, but there's a lot of it that's really shitty. Very shitty. But every now and then, you see a great one, and this was a great one. So I enjoyed it heavily, and I look forward to seeing what the rubber match is going to be. But it's definitely going to be at the bash. That's where they're going to settle this. And I think in the end, Gigi's going to be the one to get the win and get the revenge. Yes, sir. And after that, we cut to uh, Ivy Nile, who takes down the Diamond Mine banner in the training facility because Diamond Mine is officially no more. We now know the Creed brothers. They're never coming back. And, of course, uh, Damon Kemp betrayed the group and Roderick Strong's in AEW. So Ivy Nile is the last of the Mohicans, as they say. And (laughs) she had to take it down. And as much as I loved Diamond Mine, I'm a, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love that Ivy Nile's on her own. I I do. I feel like Ivy Nile is someone who needs to stand on her own two feet and be taken seriously as a women's wrestler. And I feel like she's been in the valet position for most of Diamond Mine and it's time she stepped out of that. She needs to get in the ring and be the badass that we all know she can be. Very true. So I'm excited for that. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. If, if we, we even want to call it that. Uh, Bronco Nima and Lucian Price versus Scripps and Axie. Um, I'm not going to take anybody's gimmick here, but this was something that we can, uh, of some time that we just can't get back. This match was two minutes and 19 seconds. Here's the reason why this match ended so uh, quickly. Scripps betrayed Axiom. Price and Nima beats the shit out of him. Then Scripps, aka Reggie or Reginald, wherever that motherfucker walks out. I'm like, okay. So next week, we're going to see Axiom against Scripps. Vinny, take it away. Did they announce that that was going to be a match no, this that, week? No, most likely that's what's going to happen. It's either going to be a match or they're going to have a confrontation that leads to a match at the back. Which they need to do it at the bash. Yeah, I feel like this is a rivalry that is um stupid, but meh. it needs to be ending at the bash. I feel like it's gone on. It's a feud that's gone on long enough to where it needs to be settled at a premium live event. This match would be the piss break if it's at the Great American Bash, right? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, we yeah. are gonna have to go. We yeah. do have to go to the bathroom eventually. Yeah, so, we do. We so do, we gotta we throw do. that match in there for no <laughs> other reason. I mean, just don't open the fucking show with this. I hate that. Whenever a match is designated to be the piss break and they open the show, it's like Fuck, watch it be I- that. Watch it be that. That happens. I'm going to laugh my Irish ass off. Cause you know I'm going to be sitting there going, "Fuck!" Now I got to wait. Now I got to wait for somebody's entrance to go pee. I don't want to pee during the entrance of a match I actually want to see. Then I got to wait for them to walk to the ring and hope I can finish peeing in time. God forbid the bell rings and I'm in midstream. I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> 
You know, so that so that's what I'm gonna hate. But I, I hate that whenever the the opening match and because a lot of times the bathroom break and it really is a bathroom break. Like remember, like at WrestleMania when I said Bianca and Oscar was gonna be the bathroom break, and I actually did it legit for a shoot have to go to the bathroom. And I was holding it in, so I thought, I well, they're here. Your leg was shaking real bad. I was like, dude, go piss. Yeah. I can't. I gotta watch this. No, I, I didn't have to piss. I had to shit. <laughs> that's why I was. Why do you think I was? If you watch, whenever we get that live stream up there, I know I've been dragging my feet with it, but it's been a while. Um, if you watch the live stream, I'm not there for half that match because. I was taking a shit because I had to. I was holding it in, but I was like, I got to go, man. And so I finally had to go because I didn't want to miss the main event. Yeah. So, well, it's eh, not we're going to get to that. But my point is I had to, I really had a shit. So watch this, this. I hope this doesn't open the, sh- that doesn't open the show, but if still. If it does, I'm going to laugh my ass off. But I will say, obviously, this was a squash match. Squash. And once Scripps turned on Axiom, they just beat the fuck out of Axiom and pinned him one, two, three. Here's the thing. This match was two minutes and 19 seconds. You look look at Bronco and you look at Lucian. You look at Scripps and you look at Axiom. When you look at the size of the, of, the, of Bronco and Lucian, you look at the size of Scripps and Axiom, two minutes and 19 seconds is exactly how long a match like that should be. And when those guys came out, what did I say? It's like, God, those guys are huge. Yes. <laughs> so when that was two minutes and 19 seconds, I was not angry because it should have been. Why? Because that's believable. It shouldn't take these guys longer than five minutes should be the maximum for a match like that. Any longer than that, you bury the big guy. If it takes them too long to win, or if it goes a long time and they lose, that's even worse. So yeah, that was that match did exactly what it needed to do: get the big guys over because they're brand new, and break up Scripps and Axiom, and have them fucking do some kind of feud or match that ends this once and for all. And Scripps can say the reason he turned on him was because you know he really wanted to team with Axiom, but Axiom made it clear he didn't. He'll he'll do this match tonight, but he didn't really want to be in a tag team. I got some things on my own I want to accomplish in NXT, and I'm like like. What? Do you honestly think you're going to be the NXT champion? With your uh, rip-off look of the Power Rangers? Yeah. If, if they make Axiom NXT champion, I may just stop watching NXT. Or Sin Cara 2.0. What does he look like more? A Sin Cara 2.0 or a knockoff version of the Power Rangers? Uh, Sin Cara. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I, I, I can't call him a, a Power Ranger. That's insulting to the Power Rangers, and I love the Power Rangers. So. Turtles are better than the Power Rangers. Anyway. The who? What? You heard me. Who? You heard me. No, I didn't. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is better than the Power Rangers. You're an idiot. Okay, on my that, opinion, asshole. Y- you can have an opinion. It's still wrong. <laughs> You're I'm just saying your opinion doesn't overrule my fact, and my fact <sighs> is the Power Rangers are better. Yeah, the rule of the fact that you actually thought Ben Affleck playing Daredevil was actually a good movie. All right, let's move on. Yeah, and you think the MCU is worth the fuck. So it we is. cut to the next segment we got here, which is the big Tony D'Angelo homecoming. Stacks in the ring with some of D'Angelo's friends and family. He says it's been weeks since D'Angelo got pinched by behind that snitch Joe Coffey. Stax introduces D'Angelo. D'Angelo joins the party and announces he's back, baby. D'Angelo gives a shout-out to Stax. Stats came up with a master plan to get D'Angelo out of lockup. D'Angelo says Gallus and most of the NXT Universe thought Stax was the rat, but that wasn't the case. D'Angelo throws to a video package that details Stax's master plan. And he basically sat down with them and made him think that I'm gonna snitch and rat you out. I'll take care of Gallus, get this whole thing going, and then I'll make sure we get the child shot, and then all I gotta do is win the match and he's like 
you got it. And you see them putting that plan together. And then, of course, after they reveal it, Gallus interrupts. Joe Coffey calls the D'Angelo family scum. Coffey says D'Angelo is going to pray he was still in that cell. D'Angelo says Joe Coffey looks like a man who has lost control. Stax adds that Wolfgang and Mark Coffey are going to lose the NXT Tag Team Championships at the Great American Bash. Wolfgang says they aren't even going to make it to the bash. Gallus gets in the ring. Joe Coffey pulls out a mini bat. Every member of the D'Angelo family in the ring pulls out a crowbar. They hand crowbars to D'Angelo and Stax. Coffey realizes he made a mistake. A brawl breaks out. D'Angelo and Stax put Mark Coffey through a table. I absolutely love this right here. I thought it was, uh, was a great segment right here. Don comes out there and says like, yep, I'm back there, guys. I'm back. And he got a huge ovation coming out. And when Gallus came out there, we had a deal. You went back on a deal. And I'm sorry, I was like, you really think that Italian's going to turn on another Italian, which was when you guys are not Italian? Of course not. But another story for another day. But what was funny as hell, when Coffee brought out a small bat and all these guys pull out uh, crowbars, it's like, and I said this, it's like, this is just as fucking bad as you guys, you bring it a knife to a gunfight, courtesy of the Punisher. First one. But I thought this was great right here. Mark Coffee got put through a table at the Great America Bash. Ugh. Family needs to win these tag team titles. If they don't, this was bullshit all along. I couldn't agree more. Uh, the family definitely needs to win the titles of the Great American Bash. Because why else would you go through all this trouble? But as I mentioned before, Tony is one of the best characters in NXT. Fantastic worker, great gimmick, knows what he's doing, believable in every way. This is a guy who could truly become a future NXT champion. I could see him carrying the brand, either as a top baby face or as a top heel, whichever he sees fit to do. It can work. I know it can work because he's that damn good at what he does. But right now they're going for the tag team titles and they need to win them. I love this whole segment because again it showed some authentic Italian nature. I thought it was great. You know. Some of them I felt were overacting a little bit so it was a little weird but the Don still kept it together and I also love the fact this guy pulled out a bat and they all pulled out fucking crowbars. That's that's it. Yeah. Now obviously they couldn't pull out guns but. You know what I mean when I said that. Yes I know. I Are still, you sure? Yes. I just hate when you say that though because it was like it's, it's more like a bat to a crowbar fight than a knife to a gun fight it's I get the f- saying but still uh they couldn't pull guns out but it, that's literally how it would be like an Italian place guys like I got a gun it's like and all of them are like just pull them all out put them on the table like uh motherfucker so do we what you want to do you think you're scaring us that ain't happening beautiful took out Joe Coffee. the only thing I'm concerned with is the fact that they still have Joe Coffee in their corner so there's still a three on two disadvantage so I'm intrigued to see what D'Angelo and stacks are gonna do to combat this is a third guy gonna come in is somebody gonna back them up do we know somebody that hates Gallus as much as the D'Angelo family does that they can form some kind of temporary alliance with that's what I would be intrigued to see uh I would too would just the, the third person you never know it could be if uh, we don't know maybe it could be Vinny Bucci or somebody else I don't know maybe it could be me but no third person or no third person trust me when I fucking tell you those tag titles are coming to the family. Now, I know Cherry Top's got a little bit of a fight in him, but he's been such a prick the whole time I've been in the can that I don't even know if he would be even willing to fight. See, I need somebody on the team that I can fucking trust. And right now, I'm not sure I can trust Cherry Money Top. Money talks. Oh, it does. Yes, it does. Money talks. Money talks. And you understand its language. Yes, I do. You speak the language of I money? Speak, yeah, I speak the language of money. You see my bank accounts. Come on now. Now, I haven't seen your bank accounts, but I can take a pretty good fuck 
fucking guess. If you're if you're still washing dishes, it ain't looking too good. I mean, look, you do what you gotta do to pay your bills. I ain't fucking judging the working man over here. I'm just saying, hey, it ain't looking too good. So, um, all right, Cherry Top, name your price. Fifteen thousand. Whoa, you swing for the fences. I respect that. You're asking me to go against my kin. Well, not really my kin, but my fellow Scottish people who are born as hell with these tag team titles. Maybe, just maybe, you and your little lackey can make those tag teams worthy again. Ah, well, let's see. Fifteen grand, huh? That's a little... That's a, that's a lot of Benjamins. That's a, that's a lot of green. That's a lot of dough. Uh, let's see. Um, tell you what. Ten and I'll throw in uh, some sweet water. Deal. All right. Ten grand and a case of sweet water. There you go. Keg. Keg? I want a keg. Does Sweetwater even come in a fucking keg? Yes, you can. It you, does. It does. All right. Stacks, go find out if it comes in a fucking keg. I think we got us some backup over here. Now, I might have to move some things around, all right, but I, I'll make sure by the 30th I got it. But, uh, all right. Ten grand. It, you, uh, it's a pleasure doing business with you, Cherry Top. Pleasure, pleasure doing, doing business. business with you, too. All right. See? Money makes the world go round, ladies and gentlemen. That's a lesson you learned here. That's why everybody talks about about hatred and fucking bigotry but at the end of the day americans they're not racist they're fucking capitalists green that's the only color that fucking matters to the don money talks Mm-hmm. And bullshit walks, which means Gallus, you taking a long fucking walk at the Great American Bash. So the Don is back, as you can see, already making great fucking deals. And uh, like I said, Gallus, go get your fucking shine box, get that all nice and clean for the Don, as that's gonna be fucking great. I remember that. That made my laugh ass off me. Vinny and I just started laughing. I was like, <laughs> Hey Don, go get your fucking shine box. Hey, uh, the, the Don doesn't have a shine box. I, I don't fucking shine nothing. You understand? Uh, that That's, I don't know what you're talking about here. Oops, I, I'm sorry. Vinny, go get your fucking shine box. You motherfucking <laughs> mother. I will fucking kill this motherfucker. You know what? I'm shutting off the show. Keep him in. Keep him in. gods of our legends. Though gods they were. And as the elders of our time choose to remain blind, yeah. let us rejoice and I did my fucking time, Jimmy. I did my fucking time. I came home, and I want what I gotta get. I got fucking mouths to feed. Understand? Yeah. Just like that, they never saw Zachariah Scott again. Oh, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm still standing right here. Well, not standing, sitting next to you, actually. Fuck you.
Just remember that next time, okay? That's what we like to call scaring people straight. <laughs> That's the real scared straight. Not that, not that you know, gay conversion bullshit in the camps or that shit they show where they take little kids to prison. No. You want to scare somebody straight? This is how you fucking do it right here. So, Zach's learned his lesson. And on that note, we're going to move on. We cut to, we see the schism bumping into Carmelo Hayes and Dragunov as apparently, you know, they're confronting them, talking about the schism and everything, and they're saying a bunch of weird shit that doesn't make any sense, and all of a sudden, the fight breaks out. I can't even keep up with this I shit. I couldn't keep up with this either. Um, I'm gonna save what I usually say for something else that happens, but this was boring as shit, and this is what that, the broke soul ginger likes to say. This was meh. It was. Like, there was no reason for this other than to set up the six-man tag for next week. The going-home show. Is it the go-home show? Yeah, it is. Really? Yep. I t- are we sure? Positive. Let me see. I, got, I can pull a calendar up here. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, it is the go home. Shit. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So yeah, that's the. So yeah. So the, for the go home next week, it's gonna be a six man tag with them against the schism. And they try to say Joe Gacy and the schism in the in whoever put that on the card, like to, to set up the the thumbnail for the match. Um, whoever did that, you're an idiot, and I'm gonna tell you why you're an idiot. Joe Gacy is part of the schism. You don't have to say Joe Gacy and the schism. They are the fucking schism. Now, if you want to say Joe Gacy and the Dyad. That makes sense because that's their tag team name for the two guys in the Dyads. I can never remember their new name. But the fucking schism is all four of them. It's the Dyad. It's Joe Gacy. It's Ava Rain. They're all the schism. Like, you don't say Finn Balor and the Judgment Day. You just say the fucking Judgment Day. That's how that shit works. So that was a stupid thing to put in the fucking thumbnail. But either way, I'm intrigued to see how the six man's going to go. Because obviously, uh, Dragunov and Carmelo can't get on the same page. So next week, I see one of two things happening. Either Carmelo and Dragunov are going to find a way to work together and get the win, and they're going to have some kind of brawl afterwards. Or, there's going to be a miscommunication, the schism is going to win, and that's going to result in a brawl and everything else, and they have to be separated and all that shit. But basically, you're trying to say is that these uh, that Carmelo Hayes and Dragunov are going to brawl before they have their big match with Grand American back. Oh, it's going to be a fight. They're going to they gonna have a fight. It's going to be a fight. The question is, are they going to fight after successfully working together, or are they going to fight because they end up losing to the schism, with a miscommunication communication because they're on the same team so if schism wins they don't look weak unless they get like their asses beat but if there's a miscommunication and as a result they get a win then that's different so that doesn't bury them the only way it buries them before the pay-per-view is if the schism just whoops their ass yeah. and beats them outright yeah which which they're not dumb enough to do that I don't no think. they're not but they're gonna be on the same team but are they gonna be on the same page is the question exactly so we'll see what happens next week all right Vinny, do your thing yeah we're gonna move on here to the next match of the evening. <laughs> Zach's laughing because he knows we've been waiting oh to talk God. about this one. We've been waiting to talk about this. Oh, we've been waiting. Uh, we've been chopping at the bed. How yep. the Yes, we have. Thea Hale with Duke Hudson versus Electra Lopez with Lola Vice. <laughs> okay. Uh, I seriously thought this was gonna. I thought the this was gonna be a squash. I thought Electra Lopez was gonna come in here and. What the hell's ass? Boy was I wrong, and Vinny Bucci was wrong too. In his back of his head was uh, that uh, that for the majority, uh, majority of the match, Electro Lopez was dominating. Sets up to try to do a power bomb, and then all of a sudden, Hell reverses to a Kamara, and Lopez taps out. Didn't get pinned, tapped out. And Vinny 
and I were just sitting there going like, uh, and it, it took what about five sec about five minutes for Benny to get his head uh, head out of the gutter and go, what the fuck was this? But this right here was brilliant. Then all of a sudden, that she said that uh, I also made Tiffany Stratton tapped out. Tiffany Stratton came out there and says like, you didn't do that to me. I beat you. One, two, three. I'm better than you. Yay. Good for you. Typical wonderful hill stuff from Tiffany. Then all of a sudden, Thea Hill attacks there Tiffany Stratton and gets a number one contendership for the uh, uh, NXT's Women's Championship at the Great American Bash. Vinny, your thoughts? Yeah, everything he said was accurate for like five minutes, maybe. I think it was five minutes, 32 seconds. I was wearing a watch. And I'm like, what the fuck did I just see? Because I love Thea Hale. Now, there was a chance she could have got a win here. So I wasn't, I didn't expect this to be a squash where Thea Hale was going to get her ass kicked. Normally I would. But with the way they've been booking Thea, if they squashed her, it would have been embarrassing. So I did expect, I didn't expect her to win. I definitely did not expect Electra fucking Lopez to tap out. Never in a billion years did I think Electra would tap out to Thea Hale. But here's what I loved about it. The way it was set up. Because you said powerbomb, but you were wrong. It was a suplex. She was going for some type of suplex. So she already had Thea up in the air and close to her body. So all Thea had to do was latch on, get the arm, and bring her down. Because you lock in that Kimura, it fucking hurts, ladies and gentlemen. If That's why... You got to make sure in wrestling, not necessarily in MMA, but in wrestling where things are scripted and choreographed that you got somebody that can lock in a Kimura, make it look good and not break the person's arm. That's what the thing about MMA moves in wrestling that is hard to do. If you don't know how to kayfabe it properly, you can hurt somebody. It is dangerous. So I like the fact that Thea learned to use it properly and it goes into the whole storyline about Thea Hale being able to tap people out now. She's got this move in her arsenal that's great. And they're doing it in a way, again, that is believable. Because ideally, Thea Hale should not be able to whoop Electra Lopez's ass. This was done in a way to where it doesn't necessarily bury Electra Lopez. It doesn't bury her. If, if I was going to pick something that would bury her, the fact that the match didn't last very long, I think was a major problem. I felt it could have gone on a little bit longer. This didn't need to be a squash. It could have gone a little bit longer. They could have dragged this out a little bit more. I think Electra Lopez could have gotten some more heat on Thea, have Thea do more of a make more of a comeback like have her take a beating in that ring just get her ass kicked and then have that one lucky moment where she locks it in and taps her out I thought that would have been better but either way it was still good and then of course she cuts the promo which is great she wants another shot at the title they start the rematch chant and she goes come out here so I can kick your ass and Thea is great on the mic because everything she says fits the fucking gimmick that's why it works yeah she's a little loud she's very hyper but again it fits the fucking gimmick that she's doing. She's not going out there and trying to be someone that she's not. She is playing her gimmick very well. Everything she does plays into it. And when I say she's the uh, Chase U Chihuahua, I don't mean to be insulting it whatsoever at all. No, you're not. It's yeah, accurate. That, that's accurate. She's, she's, like a a yelping, she's like a yapping chihuahua. She's a yapping chihuahua. But she's a, but she's a chihuahua with a locked jaw that when she fucking bites you, she ain't fucking letting go. I hate chihuahuas. Don't we all? No, seriously, dude. I had, there was one time at work, real quick, guys. Is this, uh, I was walking by and this chihuahua just give me that evil fuck you look kind of like you know what it means when a dog just looks at you like this like what the hell are you looking at and I couldn't help myself I just looked at him the the, the, the dog's owner didn't care I go like Rrr. and she goes Rrr. I was like, like my buddy goes your dogs like you he's like no dogs love me chihuahuas don't like me and I walked away and the guy was Mexican and he thought it was funny as shit <laughs> he goes like I don't know, this was a shocker but wonderful I'm pretty sure that chihuahua thinks you're racist moving on <laughs> yes Zach hates Mexican dogs you hate everything <laughs> 
He's not wrong. <laughs> Stop me what I like. <laughs> stealing gimmicks. Stealing and, gimmicks. Anyway. Um, but yeah, and then Stratton comes out, and you know, I love it. You know, don't call it the champion. It's rude. Talking about her being better. I pinned you in the ring. You're not special because you learned one move. She's basically taking it and decides to accept the challenge because it'll be the easiest win since she's already beaten her. Then Thea Hale says she wants it to be a submission match. And Stratton says Hale doesn't make the rules. She's not agreeing to that. So Hale traps Stratton in the Kimura lock. She immediately taps out. She refuses to let go. And finally she goes, okay, okay, we'll do the submission match. Just let me go. Just let me go. Just let me go. And finally she lets her go. So now we know at the Great American Bash, it's going to be Tiffany Stratton versus Thea Hale for the NXT Women's title in a submission match. And to my knowledge, I may have to double check this. I think this is the first ever female submission match. I don't think the women have had one yet. I don't think they have either. Huh. We've had, the women have had I Quit Match. They've done Last Man Standing. They've done a table match, done a ladder match, done Money in the Bank, done Hell in a Cell, Steel Cage, Hardcore. No, I don't think there's been a submission match. They've had an Iron Woman match. But no, I don't think there's been a submission match with the women. I don't think so either. No, so this is going to be good. Yep, very true, sir. I love it. Now, we know Thea Hale has the Kimura, but here's the question, though. Have we ever seen Tiffany use a submission? I don't think so, no. So that's going to be the big question. Is Tiffany Stratton going to be learning a submission move? Like, here's the question. What submission move will she use? Yeah, is she going to be like a vignette video of her using a submission hold? That's what I think needs to happen. I think on the go-home show, Tiffany needs a match, a non-title match. And in that match, she needs to find a submission hold to use, and she needs to tap that person out, whoever she faces. Now, give her one of the jobber ladies. Oh, yeah, that makes Like the sense. Valentina, Faraz, and the Ulisa bitch, the ones that hang out with Fraser and Dragon Lee. Throw them in there. Have one. Have Tiffany fight one of them, tap her out, and then sh- and then that way she can cut the promo and say, guess what, Thea? I got a submission hold, too, and you're going to tap to me. Boom. That's how you do that. So now you can create doubt, because now that it's a submission match, everyone's walking in here expecting Thea Hale to win this fucking match. We did not expect her to win by submission. Well, we do expect her to win by submission. It's a submission match. No, but- you can only win by tapping the person out, Zach. I mean, not by versa. Never mind. Don't me. We're expecting Thea to win because she's made Tiffany tap out. It just hasn't been made official in a match. It's either been during a fight or during a moment where the referee was unconscious or his back was turned and he didn't see the tap out. So they couldn't call it. So now Tiffany needs a submission hold to go in there and make it believable. Now here is what also needs to happen. When that bell rings and they have that match at the bash, provided this isn't going to be a squash match, and I don't think it should be because both these women are too good to have a squash. They need to have a decent-sized match. I'd say make it 10-15. They can do a 15 with these girls. You know, make it go standard match. 10, 12, 15 minutes. When Thea goes for the Kimura, it needs to be for the finish. Or, if it's not going to be the finish, they have to be close to the ropes so Tiffany can grab the rope. That's what needs to happen. She cannot, under any circumstances, lock in that Kimura dead center in the middle of that ring until the finish. Unless the ref's back is turned. I But I wouldn't even do that anymore. Because we've already seen the ref back is turned thing a hundred fucking times already. Too many so, times. have moments where she goes for the Kimura, but Tiffany quickly gets the rope. Either with her other arm, or she gets her foot on the rope, or a leg on the rope, and she's forced to break the hold. Okay. Do that. That way, you drag the match on, and it doesn't bury the Kimura. Because we've seen how fast Tiffany taps out. Mm-hmm. So, unless Tiffany's gonna have the will of a champion in the match, chances are she's gonna tap pretty damn quickly. Yeah, I agree. She's already made it clear she can't stay in that hold for too long. You've now taught the audience throughout this whole ordeal that when Thea locks Tiffany in a Kimura, she taps almost immediately. She immediately starts to tap. It happens quick, instantly. So you have to drag this out. Have her get to the ropes, do something to drag out the match. Have it be a struggle 
for Thea to get it. And then when you finally get to the end of the match, she locks that bitch in dead center in the middle of the ring. Tiffany can go for some type of move and have Thea counter it, lock in that Kimura, and then taps out. Boom. Match is over. Thea Hale is the new women's champion. If she wins, that's going to be wow. Yeah, that's going to be a highlight moment. We finally bring some gold to Chase U University. Yeah. That'd be pretty fucking cool. All right, my man. Do your thing. All right. And then we cr- we cut to the backstage area where we see uh, Dirty Dom and Mommy hanging out. And all of a sudden, uh, Tony D comes over with Stax and the family. And he tells him, Benny the Bumper from the yard says hello. He goes, Benny's what a guy. Wishes him good luck and walks off. Okay. I don't know what to say about this. He's in... in just okay. Hope Benny the Bump is okay as well. I bet no. Meh. So Benny the Bumper, huh? I have no clue where he got that name from. Is he sure it's not from Bumpin' Uglies? I mean, from I'm just saying, the Don was here earlier, and from what he was telling me, you and Benny got pretty friendly. I'm not going to uh, respond to this at all. No, sir, at all. Nope. You're not going to get under my skin. You're not going to win this time. In the end, I always win. Not really. Look, look, don't even fucking bother, all right? Now, look, norm- now look. whatever happened between Cherry Top and Benny the Bumper, that's their fucking business. I don't need to get into it. I'm just telling you what Benny told me. I don't have any fucking stories. But either way, uh, I'm also not about to insult Cherry Top since he and I are now business partners, technically. So, uh, everything's all good in that neighborhood. Uh, like I said, Cherry Top, don't worry. I'm still making arrangements. I'll have your 10 grand and your keg of sweet water. Just make sure you hold up your end. I'll hold up my end. Don't worry. Not to worry about me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna make sure we take care of business and then it's all yours. I'll, I'll, Fitty Pucci. I've never stabbed anybody in the back. That's, that's true. He hasn't stabbed anyone in the back, Don. Uh, he's one of the most loyal friends I got. That's why I put up with his stupidity. Because I actually know how to hide a body pretty fucking well. Exactly. You need, you need somebody to move a body, Don. That's This is who you call. Ask poor Mikey. Oh, Mikey. Remember Mikey? Oh. Uh, Mikey the Whipwreck. I remember that fucking guy. You had to pull me off of him. Remember that? Yeah, that was that was a fucking shame over there. I remember, uh, th- I think Vinny told that story one time when you, uh, yeah, you had to do that to Mikey the Whipwreck. I feel bad for the fucking guy, you know? Got involved in some crazy shit. Should have never done that. Never. Never, 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 never. By all the right. way, the, 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 does anyone know why they call him Mikey the Whipwreck? Should you tell him? Oh, yeah. Mikey had a tendency to wreck a lot of cars. So that's why they called him Mikey the Whipwreck. And, you know, he just kept, and one day he wrecked the wrong car, ended up going over the fucking hill. You know, he, he tied, he tied, he handcuffed himself to the steering wheel and went right off the canyon. It was very unfortunate. Don't also forget about your cousin Louie, what he tried to do at one of my bars on St. Patty's Day. Ah, uh, Louie. Louis the Looker, right? Pretty much. He decided to come there, act like a drunken fool in an Irish pub on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's right. He, uh, he has, yeah, we call him Louis the Looker. He likes to look in, uh, you know, fucking women's bathrooms all the time. And uh, he baked in the wrong bathroom. Next thing you know, uh, she, next thing you know, uh, she's going to tell, you know, the fucking Irishman in there. And the Irishman, they don't take too kind of that. Next thing you know, bam to the body, bam to the head, bada bing, bada boom. Next thing you know, he's fucking dead on the ground. He's missing teeth. Now he eats applesauce every fucking day. It's a shame. It's a very, very big shame. 
All right yeah. there, man. Enough for our talk about our crazy past. Moving on. Yeah, so we get uh, an advertisement here. Uh, basically, what happens is we find out that next week on NXT, we're going to see the Olympic gold medalist himself, Gable Stevenson, and he's going to decide his future. Because as we know, one of the big stories is he planned on going for the national title, and he wants to win another Olympic gold medal in the 2024 uh, Olympics. But he also is assigned to a WWE deal, and he's finally progressed. He's finally getting to the level. It took him a long time to get there. There was even talk at one point of him working a program with Triple H for one of the WrestleManias before he got the the heart pro- the defibrillator put in his heart. So obviously Triple H will never wrestle again. But that was the original plan was for him to work a program with Gable Stevenson to get him ready. And that's pretty much Triple H does nowadays when he would get in the ring. He's working with the new talent, and either he's beating somebody or he's losing. And the, and the key thing with Triple H is you could see whether how it was going to happen depending on the opponent. If he was facing a young guy on the full time roster he was most for the most point he was doing the job if he was facing a legend he was going over so he would beat the legends to up to keep himself strong for when he put over the young guy and you notice that pattern uh since wrestlemania 20 was it 26 i think because he no wait never mind it was 27 because 26 he beat sheamus i forgot he beat sheamus at, at wrestlemania that year because he lost to the undertaker at 27 lost again at 28 he beat brock lesnar at 29 he lost to daniel bryan at 30 beat sting at 31 I hated it too. He lost to Roman Reigns at 32, lost to Seth Rollins at 33, lost to Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle at 34, but Ronda made Stephanie tap out, and then he beat Batista at WrestleMania 35, which was his last WrestleMania match. We all understand why he doesn't wrestle anymore. He's a family, he's got kids, and I totally no, respect Hunter for that. That's not the reason why. It's because he has a defibrillator That's in his chest. Meant. That's what I meant. The no, defibr- even if wife and kids are no wife and kids, with once you have a defibrillator in your chest, you can't do physical shit like that anymore. I understand that. Because if his blood pressure gets too high, it zaps you. You know, if your heart goes certain beat, the defibrillator zaps you. That's what the defibrillator is. It's like when they do that clear zap, that's an automatic in your heart. So once, if your blood pressure goes, if your heart rate goes to a certain level, it will shock you to wake your ass back the fuck up. So he can't wrestle again because of that. If he hadn't gotten the defibrillator and just got regular and was regular healthy, he can get back in the ring and maybe still work a couple WrestleManias or big pay-per-views like the Saudi Arabia shows and shit like that. But we're going to find out what Gable Stevenson will do next week. And I look forward to seeing what he does. Same here. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have Oro Mensa with Metaphor versus Eddie Thorpe. The shitty. Let me explain why. Okay, Oromessa, I don't like you, dude. You have pink fucking dreadlock hair. Anyways, these two were going at it, and no one there being a wannabe paralegic, still shocked that he lost his stupid cup. Last legend picks him up and throws him to the ring. Vinny, you're better than that this than me. I have a question. Why? I don't fucking know. <laughs> you don't even know? I don't even know. What was the fucking here's why I I, I don't like it. Me neither. I didn't like okay, the referee's trying to get him out of the ring. He's not moving. Dijak attacks Eddie Thorpe. Why the fuck is Dijak involved in this? And then Thorpe rolls him back in the ring to avoid getting count out. Thorpe gets back in the ring, and then Mensa hits his rolling kick for the win. So was Dijak part of this the whole time, or what was the point of that? Was he planning on something, doing something? Because they just throw fucking Noam Dar in the ring. So what? He's catatonic? Pretty much. Is that pretty much what we're going with there? He's that fucking depressed? 
depressed. He went catatonic. This is like Linda McMahon at WrestleMania 17, where she just fucking stood there in the middle of the goddamn ring. Now, the difference is Linda was catatonic for weeks leading up to WrestleMania. Noam Dar just sounds like he's depressed. And he's so depressed he can't even move. He has to sit in a fucking wheelchair. Like, this is fucking stupid. Can I do the gimmick? Yeah. Was it bad? No, it was sad. This whole fucking thing was sad. It was, it was fucking so god awful. This was dumb. This was stupid. This was silly shit that didn't need to fucking be here. He's depressed over losing a fucking cup that has no fucking value of any kind. Nobody in NXT gives a single fuck about this trophy. No one fucking cares. If you actually care, please tell me. Because I would love to know why you give a single fuck about this stupid ass goddamn cup. What special significance does this bring? What is it? The last bastion of NXT UK. Most people didn't even watch NXT UK. No one cared. In fact, it was so insignificant that during the pandemic, the whole UK got shut down. That's why they had to rebrand it NXT Europe or whatever. And they're going to try to do something with that. But obviously, there's been some plans that got derailed from that because of the sale to Endeavor. That's why they're not doing the NXT Europe right now, but it's been postponed. But no one gave a shit about NXT UK. Nobody. No, no one fucking cared. Nobody cares. And during the pandemic, it pretty much became non-existent. Very true. So this whole thing was just a waste of fucking time. Very true. It was a stupid match that didn't need to happen with a finish that was shitty. Very shitty. And on that note, we cut to Blair Davenport and Roxanne Perez. Yeah, So Ro and Roxanne Perez is basically trying to say there's going to be a whole new side of her that we've never seen before. And she's going to control her anxiety, get in the ring and fight. And Blair Davenport said something in this interview that rings true and it's part of the reason why I don't believe in Roxanne Perez. It's also a reason why on the main roster I can't get behind Liv Morgan and that answer is because you know this is a business of grown women not little girls. I'm sorry I'm not a fan of watching women who look like little girls in a wrestling ring. Last I checked my name was Vinny Bucci not Grizzly Smith so I don't want to see little girls in a goddamn ring. So no I like wrestlers to look like wrestlers. I don't want them to look like everyday people. It's one thing to have the underdog story but when the underdog dog story is played out over and over and over again because you can't find any women wrestlers that look like fucking wrestlers that look like fucking badasses that can actually draw you money it becomes played out I don't want a wrestler that has fucking anxiety I want to see a baby face that's competent I want a baby face that I can believe in I want a baby face that when they fire up when they get angry when they say I'm gonna step in that ring and I'm gonna kick your ass I can believe that he or she's gonna kick their ass. And I know I praised Thea Hale earlier and she looks like a little girl. Like hell, Zach even called her the fucking Chihuahua. But guess what? That Chihuahua is believable because everything she does in a ring is believable. Everything. Nothing Roxanne Perez has ever done in a ring has been believable. Nothing. Her story is played out and like Blair Davenport said, she doesn't have the killer instinct. Roxanne Perez is a goody-goody. She is. She might try to be a badass, but she can't pull off being a badass. Like, there are some people in the business, male and female, that can go from babyface to heel. Because they're good at playing a good guy, they're good at playing a bad guy. You got some people who stay a babyface their whole career, because they are not capable of going heel. And you have some people who remain a heel throughout their whole entire career, because they are incapable of being a babyface. Because it's just not them naturally. And you can tell, Roxanne doesn't have a killer instinct. She doesn't. She's not believable in anything she does. Blair Davenport, I can believe in her. I can believe 
believe in Thea Hale. I can believe in Tiffany Stratton. I believe in Kiana James. I believe in Gigi Dolan. Those are women that with their gimmicks can convince you that they are badasses. Roxanne is not capable of it. I can look into her eyes and I can tell she doesn't mean the words that are coming out of her mouth. Zach, you agree or disagree? I agree. Don't care for Roxanne Perez. Really don't care for Blab Dab Part when these two ladies go at it. Like I said before in the beginning of this, this is going to be another piss break. Okie dokie. Watch it open the show. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT North American Championship. Wesley defends the title against Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley. It started off as a, as a uh, spot fast, but this right here was actually very, very interesting. Enjoyable. And I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I know Vinny wants to say it. With a lot of distractions from the Judgment Day, ladies and gentlemen, Dirty Dom Mysterio has his first single title. He is the new NXT North American Championship. And what was a sad thing is Wesley was in the ring like boo-hoo. He got a little of juice. So Vinny, what do you think of this right here? This was great. <laughs> this was awesome. I like the fact that Dominic was able to keep Wesley on the ground and I'm gonna say something I never thought I'd say before I think Dominic in this match was the ring general I think he was the ring general I, I don't think that. I don't think Wesley was calling this match I don't I feel like Dominic was the ring general now I know sometimes in most matches the heel calls the spots or is, is usually the ring general but if the baby face has more experience then they sometimes call the match yeah I can see that like for example Triple H in most of his matches was a ring general uh John Cena for most of his matches was the ring general. Undertaker uh, was a ring general. Jake uh, the Snake Robert was a ring general. Oh yes. Uh, Hogan and Rock were ring generals and Hogan was the ring general for the match with The Rock um, because Hogan had more seniority. Um, obviously. Well of course he is. Well, I'm saying that that was kind of the thing. Um, so I think Dominic carried this match for Wes did, because did. and that's how I can tell because there were a lot of um, ground game done in the match in the beginning because mm -hmm. Wes has to go up the air because if he's not flipping he he can't work any other way. He can't work on the ground. He's not a technical wrestler. Yeah, he's just a flippy guy, and that's why I can't stand Circus him. Circus act. Yes, and uh, he did get some juice, but only because I think Rhea really came with the belt. Mm -hmm. I could tell. Like, the way it something hit West to the point where it cut his head a little bit. Now, it wasn't gushing blood. But it was a nasty-ass cut. It, it was a nasty-ass cut, and we could tell that came from Rhea's belt. So I don't know if Rhea swung a little too hard, or if West like, leaned his head or something. Something happened where... Or he could get hit in the side of the head and maybe he, uh, his head, uh, side of his head hit the ring post. That could be it too. That could, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Let me see. He does the, he does that stupid spin move off the top rope. Uh, there's Finn Balor distracting him. We got to turn on right now. Uh, Wesley dodges a priest, does the Pele kick. Uh, let's see. He goes into the corner. He's holding the hand up. Boom. No, he doesn't hit the ring post. No, the title, that title really bounced off his head. I'm trying to see right here. Um, Let's see if I can pull it back a little bit here. Uh, he got the hand up. Boom. Yeah, I think that was it. Like that title came. Up. I think that title came down, and the angle he hit that was a that was a good shot. So Man, you get hit by one of those big ass titles with these guys use. Heck, we got one here in the in the uh, boots guys. You actually hit somebody. It's gonna hurt. 
part. Yeah. Well, that's why um, they're usually careful with it, but sometimes they come with it. Like uh, Dallas told a story one time, DDP, he had a match with Scott Steiner. And this is back in WCW where uh, it was like, I think it was like 90, it was like 2000, 2001, towards the end of WCW. And back then they could still blade. So Dallas was supposed to get hit with the belt and was supposed to, you know, gig himself and get and get blood for the match. And he's supposed to pass out with the blood because he knows Scott Steiner's going over. And at one point in the match, something happens and DDP loses the blade. He lost the blade. So at one point, he's looking at Scott in the ring while because, you know, the wrestlers, they have a way of, you know, doing things when they're locking up. They can talk in the ring where we can't hear them. And he looks at Steiner and goes, I lost the blade. And Scott's like, ah, fuck. Because they don't know what to do now. So Dallas tells him, come with the belt because there's no way he's not passing out with the blood. So he tells Steiner, for a shoot, hit me with the belt as hard as you can. Swing that motherfucker at me so I get my juice. And if you go back and watch that match, and I'm sure at some point, Gator and I will talk about it, when Scott comes with the belt, Dallas leans his head forward as the belt's coming at him. Like, you know, sometimes when someone hits you, you usually dodge or you move your head back to avoid the blow. He leans into it. So that belt legit hits him in the head. Blood starts coming out. He's bleeding profusely. Like, he like he looks up at Steiner. He's like, did we get it? And Steiner's like, oh, we got it. And he stomps on him again and then pulls it in. But here's the fucked up part. There was so much blood, they pulled the cameras back and you can't see it. And, Dal- and when they get to the back, Dallas and Steiner were pissed because Dallas is mad because they didn't zoom in on the blood. Steiner's mad because he had to shoot hit him to do it, which he didn't want to do because, you know, people can say whatever they want about Steiner, but Scott Steiner, but here's the thing. If he respected you and he respected Dallas, he was not going to injure people in the ring. If he respect, Especially if he respected you, he wanted to take care of you, you know? Say what you want about Steiner, he respected the business that way. Yes, he did. If, if he took liberties with you, you deserve that shit. And I've seen him do it. I saw a guy could have shoot promo on him and he went out there and fucked his shit up. There was all these empty chairs in one section of the building. He threw the guy into the empty chairs and kept hitting him with every chair he grabbed. And then threw him back in the ring, hit the Steiner recliner and tapped him out. Buff was supposed to be in his corner and Buff went, hey buddy, do you need me to go out there with you? He goes, now this ain't gonna take long. He cuts a promo on him, beats the shit out of him, took him outside. Oh, he w- and Steiner fucked him up. Never piss off Scott Steiner. No, don't ever piss off Scott Steiner. And like always, always have his money. Amen to that. So, and then like I said, the whole, so of course, Dominic Mysterio is now the North American champion. I did not see that coming, ladies and gentlemen. Neither did I. I was fucking. TV of all things. We're just sitting there like fucking shocked. But I got to say this, as shocked as I am, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy too. Um, I can sum this up in one word. Justice. Justice. Justice has been served. We finally got the belt off of Wes fucking Lee. I'm just so happy he's not the champion. I don't even care that it didn't happen at the Great American Bash. I'm actually happy it changed. I'm just glad somebody who's not Wes Lee has the fucking title. And Dominic Mysterio is actually somebody that can put value behind that championship because of A, the fact that he's got nuclear heel heat. B, he's a fucking Mysterio. And he's he's paying his dues because this is his first singles title, but it's not the first title he's held because him and Ray were a father-son tag team champions. So they're the first ever father-son tag team champions in the history of WWE. So it makes sense that way. I love this match. I thought it was very well done. Very well done, Sean. I have a lot of respect for Dominic Mysterio because he's paying his dues. He's doing very well. The Judgment Day is trying to solidify themselves. And I think NXT is a good place for them to do that because on the Raw roster, they're not getting much attention. Although I think Finn's trying to make another run at Seth Rollins from what I've been seeing. And obviously, Damian's got that fucking briefcase and God only knows what the fuck he's going to do. 
do with it. Um, and of course, Rhea is still the women's champion, and she's still dominating and kicking ass, and always a pleasure to watch in the ring. She's like, she's the favorite of the Judgment Day, no yes, doubt about is. it. So, that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll wrap up uh, this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, thank you for taking time. I'd be scheduled to join us, and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely, it's a go home show. I don't really don't have a choice now, do I? Well, you don't have a choice, period, on any show, but the go home show, yeah, we need to be there for that. Okie dokie, Artichokey. All right, and uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Baker, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash TheBoochCast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, be on, check out the episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment where we gave our predictions for Money in the Bank. And, uh, of course, be on the lookout for the recap of WWE Money in the Bank coming soon. Also, I'm going to be posting something uh, sometime uh, later in the day. Uh, I made an appearance on the Lucky Woo Show from uh, WANT Radio. Uh, it was an internet radio show. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. We talk uh, We talk about uh, my comedy career. We talk about Daytime Fighting League. Uh, we talk about pro wrestling. Uh, also, if you want to hear my thoughts on AEW Battle of the Belts, you can hear it there and only there. I will not be talking about it during the AEW recap tomorrow unless Gator has thoughts he wants to share, but I doubt he watched it. Um, and I wouldn't blame him because after I watched it, I wanted to kill myself. Um... <laughs> You poor, poor Becky. You had to go out to battle the bells. And here's the funny part. I'm just going to say this real quick before I wrap this up. Um, I had no plans to watch Battle of the Bells, but she texted me that morning about, hey, so you know, I'm going to call you earlier today, and I would love to get your thoughts on Battle of the Bells. And I went, fuck my life, because then I had to go back, because I never watched Battle of the Bells. I had to go watch Battle of the Bells for 48 minutes, and I had no shame telling her on the show, and she laughed her ass off. I said, Wendy, know that I did this for you, because the, the girl on the show's name is Wendy. I said, know that I did this for you. That's how much I love you. That I and our friendship that I was willing to put myself through this hell. I abused myself for 48 minutes of my life. I can't get back to sit through this fucking show. Oh my god, kill me. Was but it bad? It was sad. <laughs> but I'll tell you what wasn't sad. My appearance on the Lucky Woo show. So make sure you guys check that out. That's gonna be dropping later in the day. I hope to make an appearance in the future. Uh, make sure you follow WANT Want Radio on uh, mixcloud.com. So I'll be up on the Facebook page as well as the recap of Money in the Bank during the male soap opera moment. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. This coming Thursday, we have a uh, Complain Time episode dropping featuring the one and only Mr. Zach Scott. And because he has a message for certain servers who can't properly stack plates in a restaurant. Now, if you want to know how much this pisses off good old Zachariah Scott, tune in this Thursday to the Boochcast YouTube channel. Check out the episode of Complain Time. No! That's a little teaser. And make sure you guys also follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. Join us for the biggest party of the summer. Although we did find out it was originally going to be at El Casa de Delinsky. Elvis had to cancel on us, so most likely we'll be at Desmond's house like we were for WrestleMania. Obviously, I got to check with him first. So either we'll 
will be watching it there, or we might be watching it here in the studio. We'll see what happens. If we if we cannot do it at at Desmond's place, we'll do it here in the studio. Uh, nobody in the family will care as long as we're in the studio. We won't be you know bothering anybody here. So we've done watch parties in the studio before. It makes sense. So not a problem. I don't think. Nope. So we should be good there. Also, we have our live D and D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. We have a second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, you got to would have put that $9.99. Take $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than Network. And unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans are dedicated giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying through credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes are to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when that's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid despite the setbacks because he won't shave the fucking beard. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.